a friend of mine was doing a show and it's an immersive show. It's a show that I built. And I, the only time I could see it was on their last performance. And they were like, oh, this will be perfect. We actually really want to film it. When you get here, would you mind wearing a GoPro on your head that we have? And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Who cares? Because it's immersive. You got to wander around the, the building or whatever. Um, so you can't just like set up a camera. You need someone to, to travel with it. And I was like, yeah, it should be fine. No worries. You know, whatever. I won't even notice it after a while. And so I get there and they're like, oh, the battery's going to die multiple times. So here's a bunch of extra batteries. Here's how to change it. Here's how to start recording again. You know, here's how to take it out of the clip that's on your head. It was a whole thing. And then to top it all off, the stagehands hadn't ever had to say that the show was being recorded before. So they come out and they do the thing that's like, hey, everyone, turn off your cell phones. Uh, if you have any problems, if anything is triggering, just let us know and, you know, we'll escort you out. And there's no problem about that. You Good know, God. It, it can be a very visceral experience and we understand that. So no shame, no embarrassment. Just let us know. And oh, also, um, uh, please be aware um, uh, uh, we're filming you, uh, but don't, 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 um, don't, don't be worried. Don't be worried. Don't be worried, but know that, um, we're filming you. <laughs> and I was like, great. You're like, you really put him at ease there, guys. Way to go. Yeah, I know. Everyone was just like staring at me the entire show. And I was like, great. We did a great job. Nailed it. Yeah. Nothing makes someone more suspicious than when you go, we're filming you, don't be suspicious. <laughs> I know. Well, and say don't be worried over and over again. Yeah. At a certain point, you cross a threshold with don't be worried. It makes me more worried the more you say it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, great. Welcome to the Media Lunch Break, bringing you all of your comic geek and movie news all in the time it takes to eat a good sandwich and get that damn flu shot. My name is Chris Treble. Alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Dunn. Say hello, Andrew. I got my flu shot, thank you. I have not got my flu shot. Do you think that reference will is still relevant two weeks out from the first time I said the first one? The flu is always relevant. Well, because it's corona. You know what I'm saying. Oh. Is Corona still a thing? You think Corona is still a the thing? The flu vaccine doesn't fix that. No, but you're supposed to get a flu shot so that they can eliminate the idea that it's flu. What? They're, they want you to get... Oh my god, why am I telling this now? It's probably done. Corona's probably fixed by now. You know why? you can still get the flu if you get the vaccine, right? Yes. The, what they were saying is that... Well, you're less likely to get the flu if you get the, uh, get the right. flu shot. But so it doesn't nix it. Like, it doesn't mean... No, but they want people to get the flu shot... So that if you come in with flu-like symptoms and you say, I had a flu shot, then it is less likely that you have the flu. And they can kind of like eliminate that from the list of things that you could have instead of corona. They also have very different symptoms. Like, I don't think you sneeze with the coronavirus. Um... What I looked up is coughing, fever, and short of breath are the three main symptoms. Yeah, but those are also symptoms of the flu yeah but wouldn't you have the other symptoms of the flu if you had the flu you could but not everybody you know sneezes a lot when they have the when i'm sick i don't sneeze a whole lot yeah not all men is that really what you're trying to do one week after uh national international women's day yeah 
<laughs> we're a week out. It's it's fair game again. Great. God, jeez, I don't. What do these people want from me? All right. Equality. I play the devil's advocate on this show way too many times. I realize <laughs> that's true. I really, I've painted myself you into should some tone sort it down. of corner. Nah, I mean, we're already this far in. Chris, what are we doing today? What are we doing today? So I gave you a an assignment, a challenge, if you will. Yes, off air. Yes, off air. I thought it'd be, this would be fun. We haven't done like a real just episode uh, in a long time um, where we're not reviewing something or. Or, I don't know, bullshitting about something coming up, or just doing some news. Yeah, there's been a lot of really important news lately, so we haven't done, like, regular episodes. Right. So, I I thought it'd be fun to try and get back into the swing of doing some regular episodes. And so, off air, I gave you an assignment, and what we're going to do today is this. I asked you, basically, a pretty simple premise, and I said, I want you to think of some of of your favorite properties, top properties, or characters— that you would love to see either in their own book, their own show, or their own movie. And then I kind of give you another stipulation, which for mine, I I kind of adhere to somewhat. And then for some of them, toss away. Is If you cross over mediums, that would be great. You don't have to. But like, for instance, if there's a comic character that you would love to see in a movie or a TV show that maybe could get a good comic run, something like that, it would be cool. But it doesn't have to be. But that's I kind of just want to basically spend the episode spitballing some cool stuff and some interesting projects that we would like to see in the interest of just kind of turning our creative juices. That's not a phrase. What the fuck? <laughs> did that did that make sense? Please tell me yes, if what I'm so. saying makes any sense. I wasn't talking to you, Andrew. I was talking to them, the listeners. Oh, okay, we can wait until they respond. Okay. Yes. Oh, good. Okay, excellent. So, I how many did you did you do? I have four. Did you? How many? I did, did you four have? too. You have yeah. four as well. Okay. So, I don't think there's any good like kind of easy segue into this. But since you are the since I invited you into this, I thought I'd give you first up. Sure. Do Do you want to go from like the fourth one, which is like, oh yeah, I'd, I'd actually kind of like to see this, to like all the way down to like, yes, I really, really want this. Yeah. Let's do. We could. You could either do from level of interest, from least interested to most interested, or if you think level of kind of creativity. So like. Uh, again, like if you're crossing a medium, something that you wouldn't think of that would work as a comic or a TV show or something like that. Okay. I did four different ones for four resulting mediums. So I have one that I would like to see as a movie, one I would like to see as a TV show, one I'd like to see as a comic, and one I'd like to see as a theatrical stage play. And all of them also have a single honorable mention. Each one is one that I was like, I was like an initial thought, and then I thought about it more, and I was like, "Mm, actually, I'd rather do this other one instead. You definitely beat me, because I thought I had more um, nuance to mine, and now that I look at it, I realize I came up with three comic series, (laughs) and not more <laughs> that's funny because three of mine are comics right. that i want to see as other mediums yeah see m- mine are mostly other mediums that i want to see as comics but let me, let's start off let's start off with you what what is a what is an idea what is a project what's a property that you'd love to see bent around some other medium i would love to see that was dirty <laughs> i would love to see i did not mean it to be i would love to see a movie of the comic 
Seconds by Brian Lee O'Malley. Ooh, yes. Yeah. That is a fantastic choice. That is a former reading assignment of ours. Yes. Oh, it's so For good. For those of you who don't know, give them a give them a little summary, a little tease on what Seconds is. Yeah. So Seconds is written by Brian Lee O'Malley, who's the same guy who created the whole Scott Pilgrim franchise and um, Snot Girl and a bunch of other great stuff. And Seconds is about a young woman a little older than Scott Pilgrim, maybe late 20s, early 30s, who I think she owns a restaurant. She's she's doing stuff with her life, but like she still feels like most millennials, like we're all getting older and we all still feel like we have no idea what the fuck we're doing. And uh, it's a lot about wishing that you could change the things in your past that you are embarrassed by or that make life harder now. And she finds this like, she wakes up one in the middle of the night one night and there's this like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like a, a like a dark Tim Burton-esque fairy nymph type being. And she thinks she's dreaming. She goes to bed. She, when she wakes up, she opens up the drawer that the nymph was sort of gesturing to. And when she opens it up, there's a bunch of, I think it's mushrooms. And when she eats one, and if she says, I wish I hadn't done that thing yesterday, she wakes up the next day and that thing never happened. Uh, and it's about the consequences of our actions it's about realizing what a perfect life really is and how utopia doesn't exist, which is the plot of utopia, and how uh, even when things are perfect, they're not so great. So it's about accepting yourself and accepting your life and being comfortable with who you are. And I, one of the reasons why I want to see it as a movie is I think it would be a great, cheap film. Like, you could spend your money on writing and on getting good actors who are perfect for the roles, because there's not a whole lot, like, there's no real CGI, I don't think, that it would be super necessary. It's just people, you know? Yeah, I think this would be really good in a, in this kind of day and age when you have not only these big, huge comic properties being made into movies, but they're also now understanding the fans and understanding the medium. They're mining these smaller titles like... Um, what is it? Is it I Kill Giants or something like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. The, this would be one that it really is ripe for that. For good, I mean, it, it is just a good, it would be just a good drama. I mean, the, the supernatural element to it, the sci-fi element to it, isn't featured heavily in it. It's a good thematic structure and it's a good underlay, but it's not like this goblin or whatever it is is showing up like every other scene and there's an adventures and things like that. It's mostly about a girl trying to figure out her place in this world and like, what does she really want out of the world? And what, what does she want to do with her life? You know, which is, and I remember when you gave me this reading assignment saying how he captures that feeling of a person in a small town feeling like they didn't achieve all of their potential in life. And I think that's a story that resonates, especially today, but it is pretty universal. I think that's been, that's been the feeling of a lot of people throughout time of a lot of generations, I should say. And I think you're, this is a really good one. I'm almost shocked that I didn't even think of this, but yeah, this, this, that would be a really good one. I'm, I'm actually surprised that it hasn't come about yet. I've also got a couple potential casting choices that, that might work. Go for it. Hit me with it. Do you know Florence Pugh? Uh, name some stuff. She was in, she was the lead in Midsummer. Okay. I know of Midsummer, but I. She was also in Little Women. She's going to be Black Widow's 
uh, Natasha's sister, I think, in yep. the Black Widow movie. I know exactly who you're talking She'd about. She'd be great. Also, uh, I really like Saoirse Ronan. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Yes. so very much so. Yeah. Yeah. She would be really good. Yeah. I'd like either of them. Even, like, I was also thinking, I'm not sure. Yeah, she could do it. Aubrey Plaza? You know what? Aubrey Plaza could do this. Actually, I would say Aubrey Plaza would probably be the best casting for this. Yeah. She's a little on the older side. She's like 35, but it would still work. She Here's another thought. Here's another thought, though, too. What if she's the, like, supernatural demony character well do you keep the demony character like a little demony character and she's voicing or are you altering it so that maybe this demony character seems more humanoid here's an idea how about you get to direct it guillermo del toro and just say go nuts then that this becomes then she goes then then sasha ronan is going into the drawer and like through a tunnel <laughs> that is comprised completely of tree roots through a whole thing. It's a craziness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? How much dialogue does the, the little troll goblin-y thing have? Does it speak? I don't think any dialogue. I don't think it actually speaks, which I kind of like. I think I'd want to keep that. Yeah. In which case, then you get Alan Tudyk to make all the eating noises. <laughs> so the first one I have... This is some some DC deep cuts. And this is actually the the idea, I think that spawned the idea to do this episode. This is a straight comic character's comic run, but with a little twist to it. I would love to see like a mini series run of the Phantom Stranger and uh, uh, the Phantom Stranger and a Doctor Fate team up. Um, do you know who the Phantom Stranger or Doctor Fate is? I know Doctor Fate. Okay, so there's Doctor Fate. Is Phantom Stranger is still in the sa- in like the DC magic realm, right? Um, he's he wears a fedora. He's got the trench coat and everything like that. The what's interesting, what intrigues me about the Phantom Stranger, so he's he's this character that kind of pops in and out of certain runs, and he lives in the magical world. And he's kind of very undefined in the DC universe. He ends up being used a lot of time as kind of like a tool to assist other heroes, but he's never really been given a whole lot on his own. What I really find interesting about this character is that his origin story has never been told. Oh. And so I think, and the only, the closest they ever came was there was, uh, DC used to publish a line called Secret Origins. And this back in the 80s. And in Secret Origins number 10, they did the secret origin of the Phantom Stranger, but they did four different stories that could be his his origin story, but they never tell you which one is the real one. And for instance, one of them is like he is a person in the time of Jesus in Bethlehem. And he was there during the passion of the Christ. And like, it's this, it, it, so it plays into that. And other times it's that he was someone from the future caught in a time loop. It's a whole, the, the stories are, are varied in where his origin could be. So I, what I love is the idea of like these two dark characters in this magical realm, but you make it kind of like a noir, like a, a murder mystery noir, right? And where an ordinary murder happens. There's, it, it, on surface level, it looks like these two mystical characters would have no business needing to be investigating this. And what you find out is they need to go down this rabbit hole because somehow this murder plays into the origin of the Phantom Stranger. And what comes out of this is a definitive origin story 
for the Phantom Stranger. Yeah, that sounds great. You do like a six issue miniseries of these two characters going through all the dark corners of the DC universe. And you tie the whole mystery into the Phantom Stranger figuring out because it's also kind of insinuated that he doesn't know his origin. He can't remember where he came from. So he's drawn into this situation for reasons he can't quite put his finger on. And he's taken down this rabbit hole. Yeah. And by the end of it, he discovers what his own origin story is. Which is, I think, normally we don't see that. We don't ever see the, the hero have to discover what his own origin story is. Yeah, that's very similar to um, the, the Moon Knight uh, trade paperback that I, I think I mentioned I read a couple weeks ago. It opens with him in a mental institution, and he thinks he's Moon Knight. And they're like, oh, we do this every day. Do I have to go through your file again? You're not Moon Knight. You've been here for the past 47 years since you were a young child. You're middle-aged. You know, you're out of shape. You think you're a superhero and you're not. And for some reason, every- Dracula doesn't owe you any fucking money. Right. Yep. And uh, for some reason, every time you go to sleep, you wake up, you forget this conversation ever happened and you think you're Moon Knight again and you don't know where you are. And so he's like, is this true? This might be real, you know? Right. So, yeah, I can see that because I loved that aspect of it. So that'd be a really cool yeah. way to do that. Yeah. I just got, I was, like I said, it, it's kind of what instigated this episode because it was like that I would that is a thing i would love to see that doesn't exist yeah and just this again you do it in like six issues you don't have to do it doesn't have to be long or drawn out or anything you do like a tight right six issue miniseries of just a murder mystery noir that takes you on a journey through all these weird dark corners of the dcu that you don't normally get to play around in uh and by the end of it you get something that's really emotional and tied into your main character yeah sounds great yeah number two for you sir last time we talked a little bit about the last of us and uh there is a comic of the last of us but i would really like and it's funny you actually made this joke last week but i would like to see a sort of walking dead style comic series of the last of us but a parallel storyline i want to see another group of people other than joel and ellie who are the two main characters in the video game and i want to see what they're all doing at the same time as this Ooh. oh i just realized and my last one i didn't do the honorable mention in my last one so the last one was a movie there's do you know the fallout video game series yes i do know i know i should say i know of it i haven't i haven't seen a whole lot of gameplay of it but i know of it it's basically just what if world war ii ended with a nuclear bomb being dropped in america and this is like 80 years later or whatever and that was one that i was like that would be an interesting movie to see like just what's the world like 80 years 100 years after a nuclear fallout yeah so the comic the last of us i'd love to see a parallel storyline that's that's similar to the walking dead i like that a lot actually because the world you described sounds interesting to play around and it sounds like there's a lot of potential to it there's a lot to be mined there so the idea that you could you know, what else is going on in the next town over? Yes. And if you get good enough writers, the thing that sells The Last of Us is the character work. All of the characters are really, really interesting. They all have really rich backstories. Right. So it'd be great to, while The Walking Dead, I haven't read a lot of it, but from what I understand of it, there's like a ton of characters and they're all like pretty interesting. They're all unique, but like, it'd be great to follow two to four people through the majority of it and just have like extremely visceral backstories on each of them yeah and something that you not you never lose track of who you're you're reading right now would this play 
obviously it would play parallel to the main storyline of Last of Us, but would it ever intersect with it? It could, yeah. I, I actually had the thought of like, I almost would rather they didn't ever meet the two main characters, mm. but I would love to have characters that those two encounter in the video game. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like Joel's brother, yeah. who stopped the cop from shooting him. Yeah, that would be very cool, actually. Yeah, I like that one because, like, again, it's a world that is ripe for mining. There is plenty of potential there. You have no idea what's going on because it's such a small little bubble that they put the story in. Who There has got to be other stories out there that, that can be told. Definitely. And uh, the, the honorable mention for this one, and uh, it's a bit of a, what do they call it? It's a bit of foreshadowing, hopefully, for something else we'll be doing in the near future. Okay. The Blues Brothers as a comic book. Yes. Oh, as a comic book. That would be really good. Yeah. So would this be as a, would it be a miniseries or would it be ongoing? I don't know. Like I said, it was an honorable mention. It wasn't something that I thought a lot about. It was something that I was like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. And then I thought of something else. So I don't know. It could be like a sequel. It could be like a prequel. It could be whatever, whatever. You know, I just want to see the, how the Blues Brothers works right. with interesting artwork style as a comic. Yeah, that would actually be really interesting. That's really cool. All right. So for my next one. I think this is one that has been tossed around by a couple of other people. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the first one to say this one, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think that it is time for a Power Rangers Netflix series. Wow. Okay. Bold. Yeah. I. Uh, so here's what I... Th- this is my vision for this, right? So first of all, you do like an eight episode arc, right? So instead of doing episodic... Uh, with the big bad every a uh, new big bad every single episode it's something a little more linear there's a whole arc to whatever the plot line is that goes over the course of like all eight episodes and the tone i'm feeling like i want it not quite like the original not as bright and technicolor as the original but not as terribly weird and dark and gritty as the as the movie uh, the the last movie but kind of like somewhere in between. So it's a little more grounded in reality, but it's still got some of the color to it. Cause I love the, co- like the original Rangers costumes are kind of iconic and they're kind of great. And I hate the ones from the movie. So I like some of the color in it, but I do like the idea. Basically, have you ever seen the short film that's on YouTube by Adi Shankar? I was, I literally just started looking it up so I could ask you the same question. Yes. That's the one. It's kind of like that. I mean, that one has a really, really gritty R-rated tone to it. Yeah, I was going to say, you said you didn't want it as gritty as the movie, but this is much more gritty than the movie. It's much grittier. But if you notice, what I love is in the beginning, if you watch the very first seconds of that, they have... um, they they have like them running through like a battlefield, but they're in the bright colored costumes. They're in the normal costumes. Yeah. And I think that image really intrigued me of, you know, they're playing this for real, but they are they're You're like, no, that's a Power Ranger. I know what a Power Ranger looks like. Right. And I kind of love the idea that it does in that sort of way play into the. It, he kind of admitted that he knew next to nothing about Power Rangers when he started shooting the movie. That's why they're like shooting guns at the beginning of it. <laughs> but I like the idea of really seeing them like, no, we're Power Rangers. Our job is to go into this battle and do this thing and, and really fight. And having this kind of big, huge battle that you build up to over the course of the episodes. The other thing that I actually, as I was fleshing this out today before the episode that I thought of that would be a very cool twist on it is that you make it an anthology series. 
So every season is a different cast. Oh. Power Rangers, if you've even tangentially followed along with the series and the franchise throughout the years, they change what kind of Rangers they are. They change characters. Yeah. There have been multiple Rangers throughout generations. And so you can play around with that and you can just tell the tales of the Power Rangers or the Turbo Rangers or the Dino Rangers or whatever. But you have these interesting things where you can cut back and forth in time and space and tell these stories in like, again, like an eight episode arc and then get done. And then you move on to a completely different episode, a completely different set of people. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. Make each episode like an hour long, eight episodes, eight hours of Power Rangers on Netflix. Yeah. And give it some like, so a little gravitas, just a little bit. Have you tried watching the original first season again? I have not. No. It's uh, a bunch of my friends and I, when it first dropped on Netflix forever ago, Yeah, a bunch of my friends and I got together, we got drinks, we got food, and we were like, let's watch it, we love the show, and we put it on, and we got about 15 minutes in, and we were like, yeah, we're not going to make it through this. It's rough. <laughs> yeah. I know. I've seen bits of it, and it's just, even just from the little bits I will catch sometimes, because every once in a while, I got I got hooked onto, there's a great Power Rangers comic from Boom. That a guy named Kyle Higgins was doing for a while. And it's actually really good. And it got me interested in enough to think about going back and like checking out even just some of the bigger arcs of Power Rangers. Like the, when the, when Tommy was introduced and things like that. And I just couldn't bring myself to do it because I'd watch even just like the coming attraction for yeah. it on Netflix. And I'm like, I can't, I can't, I don't think I can make it through this. This is going to be yeah, really rough. It's really rough. Yeah. But that's what I mean. You get you give it a good size budget and you give it some good actors and you could really, you know, s- again, kind of make it like the, the original series, but with better acting and better money. And you could I think you could make something really cool out of it. All right. Yeah, sounds good. So that is my number two. Your number three, sir. My number three is that I would this is going to be one that you don't I don't think you're familiar with. OK, but it is that I would like to see a TV show of the comic book series paper girls i know of paper girls and you you and i have talked about paper girls but remind me <laughs> remind me of course i know paper girls but remind <laughs> the listeners out there yeah uh-huh. yep uh what is paper girl so paper girls is a comic series written by brian k vaughn who also wrote saga why the last man which they're turning into a tv show um, and a bunch of other great stuff it takes place in the 80s and it's about these like ne'er-do-well young girls who are probably preteen, like maybe 12, 13 years old, who make side money by delivering papers to to people's doorsteps, riding their bikes and just, you know, like, they're paper girls. They're paper boys, but they're paper girls. And the real plot that happens is that something, it's hard for me because it's, it's a lot of like, hey, there's a thread that they're pulling at. Oh, you find a little bit more, you find a little bit more, and there's always like a surprise. But the, the basic gist of it is that something is happening that is not normal maybe aliens or ghosts or people from another dimension they're trying to figure out what's going on and there's also a chance that maybe the apocalypse is coming it may be a religious apocalypse and they're trying to figure out what's going on and the real thing that like blew my mind it takes place in the 80s and the thing that blew my mind is when like one of the girls is chasing after this thing they're not sure what it is but they see that the the thing dropped something and the thing gets away and they're like ah geez oh well well let's go see what it dropped 
And they go over and they're like, what is this thing? And they think it's some sort of alien communication device. And I think it might be the last page of of one of the issues. The panel, the last panel, is it's an iPod. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I would like to get the Duffer Brothers involved, get it on Netflix, and uh, do do something a la Stranger Things with it. Right. Honestly... There's an easy way to make this almost like a Stranger Things backdoor spinoff series. Right. Because Stranger Things is said to wrap up, not this season, I think next season, I think the fifth season, they're going to, they've talked about wrapping it up. Right. Do that. Do like a Paper Girls backdoor, use season five to backdoor the pilot of Paper Girls into- Yeah, that'd be great. It would. And the soundtrack would be incredible. <laughs> yeah, because you could also use, uh, like, make them figure out how the iPod works. And then you can use music from any generation, any decade. Yeah. I'm surprised that, again, with the success of Stranger Things, I'm surprised this has not somehow been tossed around more to possibly be a series or a movie or anything. Well, and it's an old comic too i know it's been around for a while yeah five five years yeah it's funny because netflix has stranger things i'm shocked that hulu hasn't come out and been like we're doing paper girls right yeah like as soon as they saw the success of stranger things we're doing stranger things but with girls yeah it would be i'm shocked that it already hasn't been because that sounds like a great i would be down for that a hundred percent i'd be there opening day and especially since we know that brian k vaughn is totally chill with his stuff becoming tv shows because they're doing why the last man yeah absolutely i would predict that if why the last man is a success then you're gonna see paper girls be announced pretty soon after yeah we're gonna see everything i'm a little worried we're gonna see saga soon and i i really just want them to leave that one alone (laughs) yeah by the way if you don't know what saga is we'll probably end up doing a saga episode at one point yeah Almost definitely. I have it written down. We should actually, we sh- what we should do is figure out, because Saga is going to be coming back pretty soon. Yeah, I hope so. And right before it does, we'll do a Saga episode and just sum up Saga thus far. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. I feel the same way as well about Cowboy Bebop, which they've been trying to make into a, a live action something for the past like 15 years. And uh, they just like really got the ball rolling to make it a Netflix show. And then John Cho like hurt himself and they had to postpone for like a year or something. And I just hope that they don't. It was right at the beginning. They just started filming and he immediately needed a year for recovery because he hurt his knee. Wow. So I'm hoping they take it as a a sign and just sort of let it go. But yeah, probably not because there's money in it. My honorable mention is the Phantom Tollbooth. I don't know if you're familiar with this. It's a lesser known, like, sort of preteen, maybe even, like, middle school age book. I don't know this one. So the Phantom Tollbooth is, <laughs> if you ever want to know what it's like inside my head, I read the Phantom Tollbooth a lot as a kid, and I think it directly influenced my humor, my thought process, and, like, just the way my mind structurally is uh, is built since then. I'm now both fascinated and terrified by this and slightly aroused yep the plot of the phantom tollbooth slightly it's it's a book by norton juster and it's about this kid named milo and they actually made a movie of this a a long time ago it's not great but it's fine and the way the movie the movie actually did something really interesting which is that the first five minutes of the movie are all live action and those five minutes are milo's bored he's maybe 12 or 13 
He's super bored. He hates when he's at actually the opening paragraph of the book indicates that when he's at school, he wishes he was home. And when he's at home, he wishes he was at school. He's just never satisfied with anything. He comes home from school one day and there's a giant box in his living room and he opens it up and it's a little toll booth and a car and some coins. And he's like, okay, that's weird, but sure, whatever. Maybe my parents got me a gift. So he grabs the coins, he gets in the car and he drives through the toll booth and he is in another place. And uh, in the movie, the way they do this is when he drives through the toll booth, it's animated. Oh. So once he's on the other side of the toll booth, everything is a cartoon. And they do some great, really innovative stuff where, like, he's playing around with, like, looking at his hand on one side and then jumping through the other side and he's real again. And then jumping back through and he's a cartoon and going back and forth and trying to figure it out. And it's... Stuff like there's a country that is all number related. There's a country that's all alphabet related. There's a lot of play on words. There's puns. Someone asks the king of, I don't know, whatever the whatever the number country is. They, they find the king and they ask, what's the biggest number that exists? And he goes, I think it's that eight over there. And they look over and there's an eight that's like a hundred stories tall. You know, it's, it's stuff like that. <laughs> that's actually really funny. Yeah, I fucking love it. There's this character who, like, families have an average of two and a half kids, and so he's the half-child. And uh, he's literally split down the middle, and uh, he's just, like, the left side of a person. <laughs> and then there's, like, another character that I really like that lives in a house that has four doors, and he's, he sells it as though they're his roommates, and there's the tallest short man in the world, the shortest tall man in the world, the fattest thin man in the world, and the thinnest fat man in the world. And every time they knock on the door, it's the same guy who answers. And eventually he confesses, and he's like, yes, I know, I'm completely average, and I hate it, so I've made up all these different personas that make me sound interesting. <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff like that. You're thinking this would be a good movie, or what are you... Sorry, I missed the the medium. They already made it as a movie. I think I'd like to see it as a TV show. Because the plot of it really is Milo trying to get home, and he keeps discovering different countries or areas or people as he goes. It sounds like it has almost like a Burton-esque feel to it. Yeah, I could see that. It doesn't naturally, but I think it would work really well. Like circa, like, Big Fish. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that in that way definitely yeah okay yeah, i could see that interesting yeah i you know what i just got the phantom tolbooth you just bought it as as you were talking about it, i was like i want to check this shit out it is my favorite book i still read it like every every year or two probably <laughs> like every weekend yeah uh i wish i could read that quickly okay <laughs> so that was your honorable mention right yes okay i'm i'm worried that i'm gonna say this one and you're just gonna immediately hang up in anger all right and this one is less, when I thought up this list a while back, I actually thought up this list, like, I think like a year ago, uh, and then has, have been just looking at it every once in a while, checking in and like, do I still like these four? Da, 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 da. So this one is going to sound a lot less exciting now than it did a while back, but I'd still stand by it. I think I would like to see a comic series based on George Lucas's proposed Star Wars trilogy for 7, 8, and 9. Oh. I think it would be interesting to see. For one, it does no harm to... First of all, a lot of people aren't psyched about either Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker and Episode 7, 8, 9 already. And those that are, that do like those movies, it does no harm to them because it's just a hypothetical comic run, right? Yeah. But I would be interested... To give the man the chance to tell those stories 
and see kind of how they work with the original with the original two trilogies well and there's precedent for this because they did the star wars which was his original idea for a new hope yes they did and they did um and he's he's actually talked a little bit about if you know they've they've gone back people have gone back and kind of pieced together certain tidbits of information that he let out that kind of hint at what would have been the proposed sequels and they're not so i i will say some of the details are not too far from what the the sequel that we ended up getting was it still would have been centered around a younger generation his his idea had always been you tell the story of the father the son and the grandchildren right so you would have had basically luke's children anakin's two grandchildren but they would have been in their 20s like ray and finn are and then you have still have a female jedi and you have another you have another teen named sam and mostly appears depicted with a blaster so it would have been kind of like finn so you have kind of the same characters, but this would have gotten a little more into what he called the microbiotic world. So it would have gone a little more into some of the midichlorians and things like that that he explored and the, and the sources of the force uh, that he explored in, in the prequels. What's really interesting to me is that it would have focused on something called the wills. And the wills, according to George Lucas, are an ancient life, life form that fed on the force. And Lucas has said that the wills essentially are the force, right? And he actually had wanted to tell, originally he wanted the Star Wars trilogy to be told through the focal point of the wills. So they are these ancient beings who are looking down at this little slice of time where this great battle happened. But I like that idea. And like I said, I'd like to see when he doesn't have to be adhered to by a, a certain budget and then later on go back and redo what he did because he couldn't do it perfect the first time. Just give him something that doesn't need a budget. You can go balls to the wall with it. You can go as big with it, as crazy with it as you want. You can make it exactly how you want it the first time out and see where he goes with it. I think it'd be interesting to see and how it matches up with the prequels and the original trilogy and have that full story arc by the original storyteller. Yeah. I mean, I've always wanted to read the star Wars and I think that this would be a natural evolution of that, uh, which would be really cool. I think it's time. Like, I think now that we finished the actual sequel trilogy, let's see what we could have had. Let's see what the, the path not taken was. I know people after the prequel trilogy was like, fuck George Lucas and he's a terrible storyteller. And I'm like, but you know what? He did make this. This is his original idea. Let's see what happens if we let him play it out. Let's see what happens if you give him the full, give him the chance to, to, to make the full piece of art that he was trying to make. Yeah, you've talked me out of it. I'm not interested anymore. Yeah, I had a feeling. Eventually, if I kept this going long enough, you wouldn't be interested anymore, which is ironic because it's kind of what George Lucas did with the prequel trilogy. Waka waka. Yeah. All right. What's your final one, buddy? All right, man. Last, but certainly not least, I would like to see, and uh, this is the most obvious one for me, but it's also the one that like, I really, really, really want to see. I want to see a Broadway musical based on the comic series, Scott Pilgrim. Yes. 
Absolutely. And I think one of the things you could do is instead of having to pay for a band, you just get actors who play the instruments. Absolutely. Yeah, just have them like, you can introduce new music as well and just have them play their instruments while they sing if if need be, or just be in the background playing their instruments. And um, hell, you don't even need to get a guy to play Scott Pilgrim who plays the bass guitar because anyone can learn to play the bass guitar. I... <laughs> I actually love this idea um i can't remember i feel like we've talked about this before but maybe not but i love this idea i think it's it works really well and i think that you're right with the right the right composer and i love that idea of having the actors play the music play the actual instruments yeah you can make something really cool and it does because of the structure of the comic the structure of the storyline it lends itself to a musical. It does. Because every yeah. person comes in and sings a song and then they and then they fuck off. And there is actually there's one song in the origin in the movie that is like a musical style movie. Like there's a character who sings about what he's doing with no real instruments playing or like no band or whatever. The first evil ex-boyfriend who comes in, he has a whole like dance number where he's singing to Scott. Right. And then after that the only time music is played is when they're playing it for the band, like at a concert or something. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? That can be self-referential then. Yeah. You get it out of the way with the first thing. Yep. And then you're good to go. I think that's really fantastic. And there's a way you could do this. You could string, you almost string the audience along because you're right. If you don't introduce the music until it naturally happens where either the first ex-boyfriend comes in and sings a song or they're at a gig they're at the club and they do a song on stage like if the first scenes in in say scott's apartment or something don't have a song to it when you would normally put a song you string it as long as, as you string them the audience along as humanly possible until they go wait wasn't this a musical and then you hit them with it it could be really interesting. You could also do what um, other musicals have done, including, uh, let's see, I mean, Blues Brothers did this. It's technically a musical, but even Sound of Music does this. Have the first few songs mm -hmm. be them practicing or playing a concert. A song. Right. Yes. I like, uh, this is a really good idea. This is really, I like this because it's really off the wall thinking but i it, but it's it also super so well. obvious right but, but but that's what i mean it's it's yeah. off the wall thinking and then you, with the more you get into it you're like oh this it's so simple it clicks together so easily yeah this is real like you i could see it immediately and uh my honorable mention is uh i don't know what this means oh it's a stage play of saga and then i have written under it like cats but good <laughs> <laughs> I I just want to see to see people with television screens as heads yeah, in real life. Right. That's all I really want to see. <laughs> I don't know if we could do Saga on stage because there's just... I, I, at what point does it stop being a stage play and start being pornography? You'd have to get like Cirque du Soleil to do it and like Twyla Tharp. Whatever you could do it is more of an immersive experience. God, I don't know, man. That that sounds like way too much work. I mean, it's... Yeah, you're right. Because a straightforward stage play of Saga doesn't sound like too, too much work. Right. But at least you can coordinate yeah. like costume changes and shit. Or like if a costume is like going to fall off after 30 minutes, you I, can You know what? Now that I say it out loud, I'm pretty sure an immersive you know? experience of Saga just turns into a sex club in 20 minutes. <laughs> pretty sure. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's funny. Okay, this one. All right, this is my last one. I'm actually kind of proud of this one. I I would love to see a comic book series for the Warriors. Oh. Do you know the movie The Warriors? Yeah, is there not one? I don't think so. If there is, it's not very well known. Yeah. And it's definitely not still going. Let me actually I should have actually researched that beforehand. <laughs> I have never seen it. So, so that means it doesn't exist. Yeah. But I think this is a world that is so for those of you who don't know, The Warriors is a is a movie from the 70s that takes place in like a post-apocalyptic New York and the basic plot of the store of the movie is basically New York is overrun by gangs right and each gang has its own theme and it's really interestingly done and the basic plot is the warriors are trying to get back to Coney Island that's the only thing the warriors are trying to do and through the journey, they encounter all these other gangs. And like, there's one from the Bronx and they're all dressed like Yankees players. There's one that are all on a roller skate. It's crazy, but it gives the idea that there is this bigger world to this, um, setting. And I think it being able to kind of like what you were saying with Last of Us is that there's a bigger world and there's a lot, there's a lot of other stories out there. So I'd be interested to play in this world a little more and see what is out there. And you could play around with, you know, again, you could do arcs that take place before the movie, that take place after the movie, that take place during the movie, um, and play with structure. Yeah, I was just going to say, the um, there there is a comic book of The Warriors, but it's just in a, uh, it's the official movie adaptation. Right. Yeah, I don't think there was ever, like, an original The Warriors comic. Yeah, I can't find anything. Yeah, and I think this is, I mean, it is a... It is a movie. If you ever watch The Warriors, it is a movie that looks like it's based on a comic book. You almost can't believe that it's not already. And so I'm like, well, let's just rip off the Band-Aid on this one and do it. Yeah. All right. That's a good call. Thank you. Yeah. So that was fun. That was a fun little jaunt in the imagination, right? It was. Yeah. That's one we could... That's this. That's one of those subjects we could actually bring back every once in a while. Yeah, I like that idea. Do you want to very quickly talk about uh, No Man's Sky? I do want to very quickly talk about No Man's Sky. So let's so let's go on to the reading assignment. Uh, you gave me um, a documentary called The Engoodening of No Man's Sky, uh-huh. which I was very much looking forward to. No Man's Sky has its... Uh, the origins of this podcast are ripe with No Man's Sky. We talked about it. I, I went back and I listened to the episodes where we talk about it. We talked about it on multiple episodes. It was almost its own segment yeah, at some points. It was. Just keeping up with No Man's Sky. Um, so watching this documentary about the process of making No Man's Sky fascinated me the moment you gave it simply because I wanted to get the story behind all the stuff that we were talking about back then. And what's really interesting about this documentary is that not only does it give you the history that you know about No Man's Sky or that you can easily find from other news outlets about No Man's Sky, it then halfway through rewinds backwards and starts all over again and takes you through a deeper look of like the creator of No Man's Sky and the pressures he was under and actually makes it more sympathetic, which you know, when we were talking about it, no one was sympathetic towards these people. Yeah, we were not. Actually, we were a little bit. Every now and then we're like, I don't know. I mean, it's just an indie game. I don't know. You know, we we gave them a little bit of slack, but we were also like, I don't know what's going on. Like, to be fair to us, there were a lot of people who were like, 
they took the money and run. Like, I remember we did the news segment about how, like, the building was, like, abandoned or whatever. Right. And we were just, like, so confounded by, like, how is this happening? What is going on? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was... We were... I mean, we were just... It's funny because I was watching the documentary remembering us just ripping on these guys for abandoning the building and and this and that and then you find out what was going on and i'm like yeah i was totally on that bandwagon i was part of that bandwagon and you find it is an interesting story of you know there is a different side to this there is a second side to every coin that you need to be aware of and even the the way the documentary plays out they played out pretty humorously throughout but they really kind of like they were on the bandwagon for the first half of the documentary and then they turn face and give you the other side of it and it's really interesting um it's a fascinating fascinating story it's a great documentary it's totally available for free for anyone who wants to see it just go to youtube look up the engooding of no man's sky and it is it's such a wild ride it really is a wild ride <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know no man's sky yes no man's sky was a video game that came out in like uh 2016 just a few years ago and before it came out they made a ton of promises that were outrageous like it would have like something like fort like it's a it's a video game about space and it would have something like 14 quintillion planets and like the amount of time it would take you to explore all the planets would be like 4 million years or something and uh, it was going to generate on its own so like if you're the first person to discover a planet it's just being created right then at random using an algorithm that's in the code of the game and they promised a ton of stuff and they just didn't realize that they wouldn't be able that there would be many hurdles that would prevent them from being able to deliver all of those promises. So when the game finally came out, first it was delayed a lot, and then there, the the when the game was finally released, like there were a ton of bugs. You couldn't even most people couldn't even play it because it was crashing so much, and uh, a lot of people were very very upset because they bought a sixty dollar game. That didn't even really work. And then if you could get it to work, it wasn't any any good because it didn't have any interesting features. So that's the public perspective on the game. And uh, this documentary does a great job of, like you said, the first 30 minutes is explaining everything about the public perspective and like how they're not wrong that they were promised these things and they purchased these things and there's an obligation in a capitalist society to deliver what you promise and they did not get the things that they paid for right but then 30 minutes in it totally flips the entire story on its end and it shows you the perspective from the creators of the game and uh every how they tried to deliver on those promises they tried so hard but couldn't because of kind of things out of their control and maybe ended up succeeding eventually just uh a little late right yeah there's it's it's kind of also a beautiful story of redemption as well it is yeah yeah so i 100 percent recommend this this documentary even if you're not into video games it's a good documentary and like i said it's a good story of just understanding that just because you see, hear one side of the story in the news doesn't mean you know the whole story. Did you only watch it once? I did only watch it once. I have seen it probably close to 20 times now. Yeah. I mean, it's an, it's also an easy watch. Like, it's it one is, of those yeah. things I could see myself just putting on just to, like... Just throw in the background. Just to, if I'm, like, sitting around, like, I don't know what to watch, or I'm going to put something on in the background. Yeah. It's definitely it's definitely worth it. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you... I talked last week 
about you were asking me to give you something to read while you're becoming a father. And so <laughs> I was thinking about something that would be kind of easy. I had a list of things and I hadn't zeroed in on a reading assignment. So I think I'm going to give you one. There's a series that's going on right now that I was going to wait until it was done. But because this is a little lighter and it's a little... I feel like you you could use something that could be a little light for you. So there's um there's a there's a maxi series that's going on in DC right now called Superman's Pal Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, yeah, and it is written by our favorite of all time, Mister Matt Fraction. Oh, great! Yeah, it's fantastic. I really it takes I'll, I'll hint at this. At first, you start reading it, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? And then... <laughs> Sounds like Matt Fraction. When you settle into the tone of it, it's something really good. Great. I I really enjoy it anyway. So I'm hoping you do, too. Uh, like I said, it's a 12-issue series. I think they're up to issue nine right now. So get through whatever you get through. If you don't get through all the nine issues, that's fine. But get through whatever you get to. As long as you just kind of get the tone of what's going on, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what your thoughts are on this. And there's a good chance that uh, I won't that we won't go into labor by the time I read this. <laughs> uh, typically, your first baby comes late. Yeah, and it's he's due the 29th, and the next episode will be like the well, maybe we'll see. It might be the it's going to be like the thirtieth. This could time out perfectly it could and if it does if it times out if this episode times out the way that i think it's gonna time out then let me just say just keep breathing mel keep breathing breathe 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 you're gonna feel the urge to push don't push don't push unless the doctors tell you to it's push. okay to it's okay to poop though you poop away hon it's your special day just how do you poop, poop without pushing um i mean women do it <laughs> i somehow was not pooped on when my child Melinda was born. has told me that women, in fact, do not do that. Who told you that? Melinda. Melinda is incorrect. She told me that women do not poop. Oh, ever? Yeah. They only poop when giving birth. <laughs> they save it up. They save it up. Yeah. It's the one time they poop in their entire lives. It's when they great. are giving birth. And it's it's kind of great because when it comes out, they're like, rainbow sherbet for everyone. Mm-hmm. The poop is rainbow sherbet. Yeah, I got it. You're going to be Melinda's best friend. Okay, great. Fantastic. Fun fact, whenever Melinda farts, she turns to me and says, why did you fart? I mean, in her defense, the chances are like 75-25, it was actually you. I mean, at this point, I'm like nine-tenths Taco Bell. So yes, that's correct. Yeah, exactly. All right, sir. That is going to do it for us this time. Great. Uh, Oh. Wait, hey, Andrew. What? Hey, Andrew. What? Hey, Andrew. What? Hey, Andrew. What? Where can they find us? Well, they can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud.com slash The Media Lunch Break. You can send us a tweet, and I run it, so I will respond to you, unlike Chris, who runs the Facebook and does not do anything with it. And that is uh, at uh, me. Uh, 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 I'm sorry, they can send you a what on what? You can send us a tweet on Twitter. <laughs> no. A a tweeter? Is that what I said? Yep. I hate myself and you. Uh, And that, our handle is at Media Lunch Break. You can also find us on Facebook, even though Chris never updates it. You can find us on Instagram, which is regularly updated even more than the Twitter, because the Instagram is run by Melinda. 
You can find our videos on youtube.com slash the media lunch break. You can go to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash the media lunch break. If you want to help support us, uh, we really do depend on any contributions that we get from our wonderful patrons. Absolutely. So feel free to go over there, check it out. We've got some great stuff to give you too. If you decide to become a patron, you can also send us an email at the media lunch break at gmail.com, or you can visit our website, which is www.themedialunchbreak.com. Thank you to Julie, as always. Thanks, Julie. The third member of our podcast. She's like a, a host who's never actually here she's she's missed every episode uh but we thank her anyway because she was our first patron and is still hanging with us for some reason yeah oh by the way if you're uh yeah so we just made up a, a subject for an episode if you want us to talk about something hit us up on any one of our social media send us an email whatever you want to do and we'll probably talk about it yeah absolutely uh all the the other thing i want to start mentioning also is if you go on itunes if you're on soundcloud if you're on youtube if you give us a like give us a review give us a five stars if you want to give us four stars it's a different website but if you give us five stars on itunes soundcloud google play youtube whatever that uh, it actually does help out a lot so please please do that that's true it absolutely does all right that is it maybe i should add that in should i add that into my spiel or should yeah you do can that? you write it in put it in the draft open up the word document clippy go away Ugh, clippy you know what i was thinking about the other day now that you were talking about mel and by the other day, I meant 20 minutes before I got on the microphone. Okay. I, th- I find it interesting how both of our spouses clicked into basically filling in the same type of roles that their significant other fills. So Mel actually does a lot of stuff off of the mic to contribute to the podcast. And my wife only contributes things during the course of an episode. <laughs> It's kind of it's kind of amazing, isn't it? That's a good point actually. Yeah, I you know it's funny. I was telling Melinda actually on our way home today that I was like when I was editing the last episode, I kept having to edit out Sarah because I kept hearing her laugh in the background. Like she was watching some TV show or something. Yeah, she was not laughing. Yeah, giggled. she definitely wasn't laughing at us. No, certainly not. God, can you imagine? I'll tell you what. She would never laugh at this show. As I was saying that, she walked by me and just glared. Sounds about right. I mean, I I legitimately think if you laugh at any of our jokes, it's probably a good chance that you should be institutionalized. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Can I say that I'm super proud of you for something? Oh, sure. I am so proud of you. This is going to turn into an insult, isn't it? I know it. I'm super proud of you because you said you can rate or review or whatever on iTunes, SoundCloud, or YouTube. Those are the only three that people can do that on. I know. I thought that out. Can they not do it on on, uh, Google Play Music? Nope. Oh, they can't? I think I said Google Play Music on the last one. The first time I said all the the right three ones, I think I threw in Google Play at the end. And uh, if you find us on Farmers Only, give us a swipe right. Yeah. If you find us on anything else, give us a swipe left. That's somebody else. It's not what you think it is. Oh, yeah. It's someone catfishing you. If you get catfished trying to pursue us, that's doubly insulting. Actually, no, that'll probably work out better for you. Swipe right. How many people do you think will have died from the coronavirus by the time this comes out? How many have died so far? Oh, God, I don't know. I know that it's a 1 in 50 chance, unless you're old, and then it's like 1 out of every 2. 50. Okay, great. (laughs) It's 50 more people. Thanks for your contribution. Yep.